The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You got bumped for Bill Gates, man. I got bumped for Bill I swear to God, I got bumped for Bill Gates. You know, and like, that was that was a tough phone call. To- I- Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined by Barrick Sher. Hello. And today we have a very special guest. It's director Joshua Zeman, who has made a documentary called The Loneliest Whale, The Search for 52. Comes out in theaters July 9th and digital on July 16th. Joshua, welcome. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. How long have you been working on this documentary? (laughs) Yes, yes. Thank you. First question I had. Damn it. Ten years. Ten years. Wow. Um, you, I, I actually thought it was a little bit shorter than that. Uh, but even that was long, still seemed like a long time to me. I think the earliest year I hear in this is 2015 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Uh, but what, what, what started you in on this journey? Um, (laughs) I'd broken up with a girl and I had heard the story of the yeah, acts everybody says the same thing. And I interviewed people and I was like, and when are you going to tell me about the breakup? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I had like, you know, like heard the story really quickly. And I was like, Oh my God, that story. It's fucking killer. You know, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, but what was interesting to me is I started to tell other people about that story and I read it online and, and do, did a little bit more digging and I'm a storyteller. So mm-hmm. I spent a lot of my time kind of like pitching people stories, you know, like, hey, do you hear the story? What do you think? You know, and I never had a reaction to telling people a story, a story about this one whale that scientists have heard that swims through the ocean calling out and theoretically never receives a response. And so he swims through trying as desperately as he can to make contact. And people, when I would tell them this story, they would freak out, you know, they'd be like, oh my God, I have goosebumps. Or like people would literally start crying, <laughs> you know, they would, mm-hmm. and it was like, as a filmmaker, that was super interesting to me because I wanted to know what was it about this story that created such an intense reaction from people. Mm-hmm. And that kind of started the journey, you know, and you're like, okay, well, you know, obviously this is our mirror cells. You know, this is man's existential crisis, right? Yeah. Nobody wants to die alone. That is our biggest yeah. fear in life, right? Yeah. Um, and it's like, okay, but there's something more here, you know? And it's like, I think it's because it's a whale. And, you know, because we hear Lonesome George, the turtle, and there, there's all these other, like, lonesome things out there. But, like, the idea that it was a whale, and whales are so big that they kind of humble us. They're also like kind of human-like, but almost even more spiritual. And I think it's the fact that like 
you've got this one creature swimming through this vast <laughs> ocean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, me. So, so it was like all these like trying to like find out what it was, you know, like what was it? And that kind of led to this science like look at whales, you know, and, and, and that's when I started to learn about noise, noise in the ocean, sound in the ocean. Mm. Noise is a negative thing. Sound is a positive. <laughs> I, I found that out. There's both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sound in the ocean, you know. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. You know, th- how it travels totally differently than it does on air. How there's like, there's this thing. There's a channel that's like a thousand feet deep, and because of the salinity and the pressure, when low frequency sound goes in there, it travels 13,000 miles across the ocean. It's like mind blowing. I'm like, oh yeah, this is, you know, this, what was once an emotional journey is now turned into like a totally cool science journey. And Mm -hmm. then, and then it's like, and you're also like kind of getting a little Ahab with it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. sure. The story, the story takes all these different twists and turns because you do have that kind of spiritual existential uh, sort of bent to it, uh, but then you have that hardcore science of the uh, science of the, uh, uh, the 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 sono buoys or whatever, um, and you know how that breaks down, and then you've got a sea adventure plugged yeah. into the middle of this too. Totally. Uh, it's it, it really does you know kind of expand. You go into it saying, "All right, that whale's lonely." Boy, that's a yeah. that's something. But there's mm-hmm. so much more to this uh, this story that I very much appreciated the way that you. Um, kind of fleshed out this whole thing. And it almost makes, you know, the sea journey, which I really want to ask you about later on. Sure. Uh, the sea journey mm-hmm. is is kind of the, the climax of the entirety uh, of the film. And, and it, it makes it very, very exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that was like the, that was, I was like, okay, you know, this all stuff is cool, but like, let's make an action movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I was yeah. like, let's, you know, can we, you know, can we make this thing like totally cool and totally action? And it's like, we can, like, like these guys are using like outdated, you know, it's like, first it was like, okay, well, it's a heist film. Like who are the, who's the crew? And we've got the best guy here for this. And you know, that guy, John Colomakitas, the guy with the white beard, like mm-hmm. that dude is like the premier scientist in terms of going out on these like ribbed hull inflatables and like and like tagging whales you know and the other it seems like indiana jones like (laughs) Mm -hmm. it was so funny because whenever i would like talk to people they'd be like well you want john columbakitas and i was like why and they're like just just see him him." he's perfect yeah (laughs) he's perfect in in every way i was like i was like so how much time do you know like i would be going out with him and like in like the middle of the ocean and just hanging out for hours. I was like, how much time do you spend out here? And he's like, "Mm, 200, you know, 275, 285 in terms of days out on the ocean. I was like, that is, wow. How long have you been doing this? And he's like 25 years. And so this guy who spends more time out there than on land is like, he is the best. And, And I was like, okay, that's cool. And so it was the heist film of like getting the best crew together. And we really did get some of the best scientists in the world. I was so excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it's like, and then this is cool. You're using technology like old Sona boys that the Navy used to hunt submarines and you're repurposing them to like find whales. Like it was really, it became this like really cool thing. And what was interesting about it is the scientists were like, you know, usually when we do these like Nat Geo expeditions, this it's fairly well kind of thought not thought out but it's well like 
sussed out. Like they would have done this 8,000 times beforehand so that when they mm-hmm. get out there, the expedition is done. And of course they were doing good science, but they would have never had one of the themes be like, can we find this whale? Because it's so ridiculous to be able to <laughs> that you could. But they're like, because this is so like indie, you know, because you've gotten this Kickstarter money and there's no like huge organization coming down, like we can kind of just go out you know, kind of, you know, free will it up and see what happens. (laughs) And uh, they were really, I think that allowed them to like get really creative and actually do lay the groundwork for some really cool science and like some like mission impossible stuff that they would never have been able to do anywhere else. That's Mm -hmm. terrific. What was the, I'm sorry, Chris, I'm I'm so curious about this journey. What was that week long, uh, out at sea like because it seemed like there was a lot of people on that boat <laughs> uh and is this the first time that you've been out in the open sea i mean you guys were way out there in the pacific yeah. right yeah i was you know i had been earlier the film went through many iterations as i was saying like before we like like deciding to try and kickstart a expedition to go out and find one whale is not the first prescribed method of action you know first you would go out and you'd be like hey is there any incredibly rich people out there who want to fund this expedition you know and we actually met a few of them and they're like okay i'll write you a two million dollar check and then right at the last moment something falls through or we get, we're gonna have ray dalio's boat you know wow. and wow. and he and we were gonna go out it's gonna be like sleep like 100 and like everything was gonna be done and he's like oh i just got a call from bill and melinda gates seriously and we're gonna, now going to go on vacation down here, you know. Oh. Uh. So, <laughs> so like, when you got bumped for Bill Gates, man, I got bumped for Bill. I swear to God, I got bumped for Bill Gates, you know. And like that was that was a tough phone call. To, I, yeah. you, you, did like, you, you have, kidding me? Like, did you you took a lot of this stuff with a grain of salt, though, right? You didn't like when someone said, "I promise you my boat." You weren't like. We got the boat, or, or were you like that? Actually, no. I was like called up everybody in the world. I was like, "We got the boat." Okay, got, yeah. I, I think I don't know. I'm I'm so cynical. That's the problem with me. Is like if somebody was like, "I can give you my boat," it's it's way too good to be true. And I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah but they I'll got see. two other boats." Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was yeah. fine. They got two other boats. Just give me like, one of them. Yeah, that's why, that's why I was like, "What? You don't? Do you need this one that you already given us? Like, why do you need that one?" And they're like, "And the answer is because that is in that side of the world." Oh, I see. Yeah, I I see. Like, okay, yeah. That's a good there you go. Yeah, all right. right. They were like, "It would cost us like two hundred thousand just to bring the other boat from the other side of the world for that for that trip." I was like, "Okay, that is a good excuse." Like, so I know you're not just jerking me around, but you know. Yeah, and with a film, you, you know, you got to get the crew together. So you got to mm-hmm. call everybody and be like, "We got the boat. It's uh, Ray Dalio's boat. It's going to be amazing." You know, and, and and like some plan for like this. And then I would call them back and be like, "Okay, uh, we didn't get the boat." You know, and it, that happened like yeah. four or five times, with like lots of money. So the mm-hmm. Kickstarter thing, as cool as it is, was not the first. You know, you typically only want to go to one person, not yeah, right, <laughs> not. 300 3800 people but you know it actually at the end of the day again made for some kind of cool science but the answer to your question when i got to the boat because i had been seeing pictures of these huge beautiful boats with like helicopters and stuff i'm like 
That's that. I was like, that can't be the boat. That's the like, like, Roy Scheider. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's a dive boat. Like, I don't even know that fits twenty two people. And they're like, it fits exactly twenty two people. You had twenty two. Yeah. So, oh so my god. But, but twenty two people, but not include like they don't include camera equipment and stuff like that, right? It's all so it's, literally. It's got- literally, it's like bunk person sleep box at feet yeah i mean (laughs) that's what it's weird what goes through your mind when you're watching an amazing documentary like this is like how do they fit all that on the on the cameras on the the boats there you know it's totally true true. and so and and it was so indie like i remember like the scientists would ask they're like go grab that thing and try and put attach it to this pole really quick and i'd be like okay you know and 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 i'd grab them i'd be like see if you can can you hold this you know, focus this for me. And they're like, what's focus? I was like, just keep lifting, you know, <laughs> like, like they were just, it was so ragtag, you know? So there were 22 of us and I'm like, 22 people are going to sleep in this one room, you know, on this one, like, yeah. you know, and um, it worked, but boy, 22 people on uh, one shower, seven days. I, I, I can tell you right now, I, I couldn't have done that. There's no way, no way I could have done it. So I, I, I'm, I bow down to you, sir. <laughs> no, they're committed. These, uh, these, these guys are committed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, scientists, that's what they do, by the way. Sometimes these scientists, like, you know, it's like being in the jungles of Borneo where you just like mm. get eat by mosquitoes for yeah. like 10 days. And this is kind of the same thing. And you got, you got to hand it to them that they go on these excursions, but they only, they don't do it that, some of them don't do it that often. So they're like, mm. really. Well, what you yeah. capture on the camera is excitement. Like, uh, it seems like, you know, obviously John was, uh, you know, cause he's, he's out there all the time. Uh, yeah. but your other scientists looked like they were kids in a candy store. Oh yeah. I mean, that, they, they spent all year waiting for that one week to go out and like finally be able to do it. And, and you could, you could tell, like you, you could see it on their faces. Like, they were like, oh, it's a whale. You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> you're the best subject ever. <laughs> yeah. You know, getting back to uh, why people uh, are drawn to the story and everything, uh, you know, it's a whale that has a frequency of 52 hertz when he calls out. Uh, there's this discussion of, you know, is he the, is he the only one out there? Yeah. Is he able to communicate to anybody? There's a whole section of this movie. Where, yeah, I mean, this is where the the tearjerker part of this movie is about a third of the way in or so, yeah. because everybody is giving their interpretations and every one of them are are given equal weight. The one guy is like, that's a guy who's calling out for his mama. And you're mm-hmm. sitting there like this whale's like at least 30 years old, if not, <laughs> if not older. And he's been making this call for 30 years. I, I mean... It, you know, it's almost like a horror movie in a way because it's what you don't know that that gets you. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, it, you you may have sort of touched on this on during this during all of this. But was this documentary close to not being made several times? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was touch and go there for about ten years. <laughs> I would, I would imagine so. But you, you were, I mean, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it shows your dedication, right? Because 10 years uh, where you don't know if it's even going to be made or not. I mean, how did you stay sane during that whole time? (laughs) Well, (laughs) 
Just look at the story of Ahab. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you know, it was, it was like, you know, it was like by the end, he's crazy as a loon, but he's like, we're going to find this whale. And it was yeah. like kind of the same thing, you know, and, and like I that wasn't like, hey, let's follow this this theme like that was just there, mm-hmm. you know, and and when it's certain there's another guy who's like. David Rothenberg, the guy who plays well, he's like, you know, it's a crazy thing to like go out and search for one whale. You know how crazy mm-hmm. this is, right? And yeah, I'm on yeah. the other side, like, yeah, I got it. Okay, buddy. All right, let's just, <laughs> you know, let's keep doing it. But like, he knew, and and they would like goose each other. You know, you, people would goose me because they knew how crazy it was. Um, you know, I gotta say, I don't know if I said it here, but you know, this story made me a better person. Mm-hmm. You know, talking with people about whales, about communication, about loneliness, about empathetic things made me a better person, mm-hmm. you know, a little less self-absorbed, a little less like career self-absorbed, like, you know, on, on, a, on a crazy life mission. And it helped me, you know, step back and listen, you know, which my mm-hmm. girlfriend really appreciated, you know, <laughs> for, you know and so that being said also like you know 3800 people helped give $400,000 to go out on an expedition to find a whale mm-hmm. you know uh and 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 you know there was a time i thought this whale was dead and i was going to have to give all this money back to people and i was mm-hmm. so upset but then like i had a call like like not only is he alive but like he's in santa barbara sweet yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Like like the best place in the world. Yeah, you can't you can't write something like this. The fact that that the the film follows that progress, you're like, no, this is too unbelievable. But this is this is reality. It's amazing. So that's part. I'm sorry. That's part of what you know. That's part of what probably kept you going, though. You always had this dangling carrot, right? Like it was like it's there. I know it's there. It's got to be there. I've heard news. Blah blah blah. And and, you know, you just with the right technology, we live in the time that we can do this, you know. So anyway, sorry. But then ahead. you start to get really crazy. And it's like, if you believe enough, it'll be there. <laughs> well, you've got a vision board with a whale on it. <laughs> you play these games with yourself to like, you know, to like trick yourself into believing so that you can like, because also like, you know, film, sometimes you need a leader or you need like pe- people take over in terms of their passion because somebody will will inevitably be like, uh, like, I'm emotionally spent, you know, and then somebody will come in and like be the leader. So like, you have to like trick yourself to like be, being able to remain positive or else it's all going to fall apart, you know? Yeah. Um, the, what was sort of your bare minimum goal once you started shooting? Uh, and every, what did you, what did you like, but you, you know, you were shooting, you knew you were going to have a movie by the end of it, I guess at this point, once you start, well, maybe not. <laughs> no, it's, it's a, look, th- that's a good question because the scientists are like, okay, uh, you do understand the chances of us actually finding this whale are incredibly slim. And I was like, yes, I got that. Everybody's yeah, giving yeah, me yeah. the null hypothesis, yeah. right? It's just like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> even when we were like leaving on the, on the dock, you know, they're like, okay, I just want to manage your expectations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably will not find this well. I was like, uh, yeah, I, I know that, but we could, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're like, yes, 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 we could. I was like, great. That's all you need to think in your mind. It could happen. And so, <laughs> and so I didn't, you know, we thought, okay, look, we'll, we'll get an expedition. It'll be cool. We'll do some good science. You know, 
I don't know how we're going to end it. We'll figure out when we get there. You know, as they say, save it. We'll, we'll fix it in post. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and and but, you know, if nothing else, we'll try and do this like a Habian search that doesn't quite work out much like Ahab. And then at the end of the day, you know, you're going to try and do the age old like. But the gold was in the journey, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could just do a CGI whale in at right, the, right, the very right. end, you know. True. He just true. rises up out of the water and just <laughs> smacks the gold away. Just wanted to make it like make the, this is not the whale, but it, <laughs> right, right. this is what we what think it, it looks like. like. <laughs> what it could look like. Like early unsolved mysteries are like this is a recreation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I get the idea that you like this is one of those type of projects where I. I Imagine you like late at night, two o'clock, calling up Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> or calling up Adrian Grenier and going, I don't know if I can find this whale, guys. What do you want to what do you want me to do? Can you talk me off the ledge here for a second? You know, like uh how important were those guys, by the way? There was a there's a million producers, obviously. Yeah, but the ones that uh, people really know are these guys. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for those two guys, you know, we would we would not be here. You know, mm-hmm. Adrian Ocean Stewardship, and he took the he like he was like, I would like to use this lonely whale metaphor for this huge camp, you know, for this, um, not foundation, but or, or an organization that he started. And he's done amazing work because he was very smart. He's like, that's the metaphor. That's the metaphor that's going to pe- make people care about the ocean. And mm-hmm. I was like, we need to mm-hmm. use that. And I was like, yep, yeah, that's the whole point. I cared. I'm not, you know, I wasn't really an ocean person before I started this, you know. It really? No, I wasn't. I mean, Interesting. sure, I had been on boats and want to be a marine biologist when I was a kid, but I didn't follow that through. But this was a way for like me to reconnect with that. So he he knew the power of the metaphor early. And and if it wasn't for you know, if it wasn't for him, DiCaprio wouldn't have come on, you know, what happened was DiCaprio gave us money for Kickstarter. And mm. and, and that that was his entree point, you know? Yeah. And, and it was ironic because like once DiCaprio gave us money for the Kickstarter it, the story got picked up in all the trades and all the press. And oh, yeah. It was DiCaprio saves Lonely Well. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Like, what do I? Wait, I'm doing all the work. You don't even need to go on the expedition. <laughs> I just I think it's hilarious the idea of Leo DiCaprio like logging on to Kickstarter and being like, hey, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> I got an extra 15 bucks in my pocket that's burning my <laughs> hole yes. in there. Was, was that was the uh, that was the fifty thousand right? Was when he did the Kickstarter, yeah. Um, and 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 again, that was you know he's been you know we kind of make fun of these uh, some of the celebrities in terms of what they're of what they're doing, but like I guarantee you, seeing it from the inside, if you didn't have the power of these guys doing what they're doing, like we would be even further back than where we are in terms of the club. Like I say to people, like we have to rely on Al Gore as our storyteller for climate change. Like we are in trouble. Okay? Yeah. 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 <laughs> we are in yeah. serious trouble. No kidding. Bring yeah. Bring me, bring me, bring me everybody. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because we yeah. need to make this a better story so that people will care so that people will actually, you know, wake up and start doing shit. Yeah. There is some actual horror movie aspects to this movie. Um, the, uh, especially when it talks about the shipping lanes, which is something I've never thought about in my life. 
when it brought that up and why it's so dangerous to whales and like the questions people have, like how in the world do whales not know a ship's coming? These type of things like that. Uh, how, how brutal was that to have to cover that in your story? Yeah, it's tough stuff. And then it's like, first, I don't know why, but it's like the reality, like ships, they have this curve when they're cutting through the water and then a bulb, right? So it's like, so ship strikes are a big thing. And John Klumke mm-hmm. was just talking to me about ship strikes. There's a couple of high profile ship strikes. A Navy like destroyer went into like, I forget it was San Diego or San Francisco or something and had a whale and a baby whale both mm-hmm. on the front bow when they pulled mm-hmm. in and they don't even know it until yeah. like they kind of get in and, and everybody's like, Mm-hmm. You know, you have two yeah. dead whales in the front. And so it's tough. Why don't whales, be, because, you know, they can't turn quickly enough or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or they're like so into the feeding. I mean, you know, we've all been in situations where we step off the curb and just for whatever reason, you know, don't hear the zooming cars. You know, I think yeah. it's the fact that there's so much noise all around. You can't really kind of say, oh, directionally it's coming from there. So, it's tough, um, but you know, and and it's happening more and more. So now we're just we're finding out there's things you can do. Basically, first of all, those ships are so you think whales are huge. These mm-hmm. ships are huge. Like they are so big, like your mind is blown. Like you can't even be like, I don't even know how big that is, even in my eyes to what I'm seeing. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You know, at a certain point, like the Empire State Building is just so big, like you can't kind of comprehend until like it mm-hmm. falls over in a independence day world you know right and the ships are like that too like you just can't even comprehend how big they are um and then, except when you put one when you put like a hundred foot gray whale on its front bow that's just been impaled so mm-hmm. um and so it's it, it they're so big 90 percent of everything we get is from the ocean and so that was shocking by the way I, I, I should know that but i did not know that i didn't realize to what extent it was I, well, you just don't think, but it's like, yeah. yeah, everything traps. And so I think I think ocean shipping is going to become a huge story as the ships get bigger. And they are only getting bigger. Hmm. Uh, and and so that's going to become a pretty big story. Um, ocean noise pollution. I had no idea about ocean noise pollution. No mm-hmm. idea. But it's like suddenly when somebody put it in the context, like I know when my dog barks or when – there's a car alarm going off in New York city. Like I will freak out. Like literally I will get violent and I will open up the window and I will consider throwing a huge rock out the window to smash the, and I don't care. Like, okay, come arrest me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like I will take extreme measures when it comes to noise. And so imagine if that's like for a whale, like 24 seven, Oh God, they must be going crazy. Yeah. That was uh, something I had read about um, about uh, a, a, a sort of an after effect of nine eleven of all things. Yeah, the fact that there were no planes flying overhead and whale calls were different during that during that point because there was no airplane even airplane noise is a thing for the ocean. Uh, there was it was the quietest the oceans have ever been in the past. You know, I guess you know however many years was on nine eleven yeah everything stopped wow yeah it's crazy um we're getting close to our 30 minutes here barrett what uh any anything else you would like yes to i have two with? questions okay it, it always uh intrigues me about the choice a documentarian makes on how to interview their subjects or how mm-hmm. to interview the the people 
um, some just point and shoot, right? And it's it's just that uh, what the decision that you made is to actually ask the questions off camera. Mm-hmm. How did you make that decision? And is that kind of uh, your style? And and if so, why do you prefer that rather than uh, just letting the subject speak for themselves? Not that 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 you don't also have that, but there are times where you interact uh, with the person. You know, because I think this film specifically is about listening and connection. And I think that there's really something to be gained to hear somebody phrase a question and then somebody ask that question, answer that question. I I think there's something, there's a little bit you can gain, you know, there's something to be gained from any interaction, but, but I think when I included it is because I thought that there was, something there do you prefer that though i mean if you're if you're watching a document uh, documentary uh or in the process itself overall do you think that's that's a more efficient way to get the information that you were you were trying to get i mean that's a good question like we do it in news right in news we see the 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 back and forth but not really in documentary that much but i always believe that there's sometimes there's things to to be there's interesting information you can glean as to how they answer your specific question. Right. Right. So I don't know, you know, sometimes it's apropos, sometimes it's not, I like it to make a point. Great. Like I I use it in true crime more than I do in this. Like, do you believe he's guilty? Mm, You know, and, and that, you know, look at the tension that, that that's there in that one question. You want that to, you you want the, the time in, in, in the response, how long it takes them to answer, you want them to to to, to change their body posture. Like I see, so it's it's not only informative; it's cinematic uh, yeah, as well. I see. Well, you, you know, I think that, I think there's a lot of reasons. I mean, again, that's a true crime version, but I think uh, you know, to to the right audience, there's you could play detective. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Get something from that. Okay, yeah. I have one more question. You've got all these hardcore scientists. I mean, best in the world. I mean, you're hearing from you know, audiologists and, and professors and stuff like that. And then God bless you. You throw in Kate Micucci. <laughs> uh, I love, I love Garfunkel yeah, and Oates. Man. I love her. How did that come about? Are, <laughs> did, did you have like a relationship with her at, at some point? No idea. I didn't even know who she was, to be honest with really? you. Really? I didn't even know at all who she was. All I heard was this woman did a song about the whale. I thought it was kind of funny and cute, you know, and I think we need that like, 14 year old girl perspective against like the scientist perspective. Right. No, it's perfect. Like, it's perfect. I was like, you're the perfect person for that. Like you're like yeah. the perfect, like, like I'm a hipster and this is my, like, you know, my, my version of that, you know, and I didn't even know who she was. I found out she's like hugely popular, but, mm-hmm. I, but it's so interesting that she like embodies that, that idea. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. No, she, she gets it. I mean, oh, <laughs> she's yeah. got the same perspective as, yeah. as a lot of these scientists, you know? Yeah. 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 I don't know if we have time, but can you talk a little bit about the station agent at all? Because I believe I feel like this is one of these movies that people still haven't uh, really glommed onto. It's one of the most underrated. It's one of the most underrated movies, in my opinion. Now, maybe maybe it is bigger elsewhere in other places, but, you know, it came out in 2003 and uh you know and it's and it's it's when it's an early peter dinklage although if you had if in, unless you haven't seen uh, living in oblivion at this point right uh but uh <laughs> but, this, but the station agent is great what was your experience like on that movie magical yeah uh, uh yeah because it was like you know it's like being in and you know getting everybody's rookie year 
you know, like everybody in their Bobby Cannavale is very is yeah, yeah, yeah. relatively young at this point. Of course, it's not their their rookie year. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. it's like it was one of those. There's a thing having produced a lot of indie films. Like you, you, for some reason, you know, you get certain films together, and there's a magic. And mm-hmm. and you can see it. You've you've been there. It's like with a baseball team, and it's like with on a movie set. And that mm-hmm. was that. Mm-hmm. And Tom McCarthy, who went on, who won Best Picture for you know Spotlight. Yeah, right. And mm-hmm. and and there was a crazy synergy between these people, Bobby and Peter and Patricia. Even the cast of characters was so yeah. good. And 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 Tom and you were like, okay, that's. That's that's some magic. What we're what we're watching there right now, and it's just a beautiful experience. It was it was early in the indie film kind of scene, you know, where like there was a certain you know Cinderella story about the whole thing, and that was it. And funny, yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely good. Those guys absolutely really good. Thank you so much for talking to us today. Um, uh, thank you for coming out and talking to us. My pleasure. Um, thank you, guys. Um, the movie is The Loneliest Whale, The Search for 52. It's in theaters July 9th and digital July 16th. Uh, that's going to do it for this interview. It's Chris Atkinson and Barrett Share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com.